What is going on? Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here, and uh, thanks a lot for hanging out. I appreciate it. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. Happy Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. So, uh, some breaking news. The January 6th committee says it will make criminal referrals to the Department of Justice as the panel wraps up its investigation into the events that led up to the deadly riots. Uh, We have made decisions on criminal referrals, said Benny Thompson, the chairman of the committee. But that's it. So we don't have any other information, but thought you might be uh, interested to know that. Let me now mute my phone like a true professional so it doesn't go off during the program. All right. Um, the attack on the two uh, uh, Duke Energy substations in Moore County the other day. I went over this in the third hour of the show yesterday, but came across a story at North State Journal, our friend Matt Mercer writing it up, and um, I'll just tell you what he wrote. He says, the massive December 3rd criminal attack on the electric grid in Moore County is not the only recent act of vandalism resulting in a loss of power for thousands of customers. And maybe you've heard there was one in California like a month ago. Um, no, I take it back. In California, oh, to, oh, it took a month to restore, 27 days to make repairs and bring the substation back to life. Um, authorities ultimately came to believe the attack was committed by somebody on the inside. Right, so that, that was, he doesn't actually give the, oh, here it is. Yeah, Metcalf. California, oh, this was back in 2013. In two, uh, Yeah, 2013, April 16th, a team of snipers shooting for 19 minutes knocked out 17 giant transformers that funnel power to Silicon Valley. Metcalf sits just outside the city of San Jose. So it's almost 10 years ago that the attack on a California... Uh, energy station occurred. But there was another one since then in North Carolina. Did you know that? It was last month, November 11th. A property owned by the Carteret Craven Electric Cooperative in the Jones County town of Maysville was damaged. More than 12,000 CCEC customers were without power for approximately two hours, according to a statement from the cooperative, which is probably why it didn't really make a lot of news, right? Makes sense. Just a couple hours, it was down, vandalism, everybody kind of moved on. The total cost of the damage was expected to exceed half a million dollars, and insurance investigators are actually still working to determine the extent of that damage. Now, Matt Mercer at North State Journal, which is uh, the website is nsjonline.com, he makes a connection here that I had not thought about, and I don't know if there is anything to it, but I mean, as long as we're wildly speculating about you know, the motive behind the attack, even though we have nobody, you know, identified as even a suspect at this point. Um, I still think, like, I still think we should, I mean, if we're keeping a list of theories, you know, Dick Cheney's got to be on that list. No? Right? I mean, come on. Is he in a rural area of Moore County? Is he out there hunting with some friends? I'm just, I. it's got to be on the list of theories. I just, just for consideration here. All right, so 
Much like the attack in Moore County, the attacks at uh, or the attack at Mayfield occurred close to a military installation. Maysville is about 30 miles from Camp Lejeune, and that is Camp Lejeune. It's Lejeune now. Well, I mean, I guess it always has been, but we've all been pronouncing it as Lejeune incorrectly. The family says it's Lejeune, and so there's this big push for us to pronounce it correctly. And you know me, I'm a giver, so uh, I will I will do that. So Camp Lejeune. Um, Mayfield sits 33 miles from Camp Lejeune, 41 miles from MCAS Cherry Point, two Marine Corps bases with nearly 50,000 active duty and reserve members enlisted. Moore County sits just west of Fort Bragg, the largest military base in the United States. The substation attacks were first reported in Carthage, the Moore County seat, which sits approximately 33 miles from the Army base. That's kind of weird. Is that not weird? That's kind of weird. Both 33 miles away. I don't know if that's just a coincidence or what, but you have one attack on a substation last month. Not even a month later, you have you know two more attacks. And they're both about 30 miles away from military posts. In a press conference on Sunday, December 4th, Moore County Sheriff Ronnie Field said the attack was not random and that the perpetrators, quote, knew what they were doing. Law enforcement responded to the outages and found that two substations were damaged with multiple gunshots. A gate was rammed open at one of the properties to reach the intended target. Now, I don't I'm not an investigator. okay, but I have seen a lot of investigator TV shows over the course of my life. And I thought that they'd be able to trace back the paint off of the because they rammed it with their truck, unless maybe they've got some bull bars or something. But if they got paint right, they can get some some flakes or flecks. Is it a fleck of paint, a flake of paint? Anyway, they're able to get some paint off of the gate. And then they could run it through all of the databases, find out it's this color made by a certain uh, car manufacturer. I mean, that's the way they do it on TV. And then by the end of the half hour or hour, uh, they've got their person. So law enforcement responded to the outages and found that two substations were damaged with multiple gunshots. The attacks echo a similar coordinated attack on a substation in Metcalf, California, back in 2013. Authorities... um, believe that that California one, though, was committed by somebody on the inside, but nobody's ever been arrested or charged in that in that attack. That's nuts. I had not heard that story. 2013, you have somebody shooting at the substation for 19 minutes. Both Duke Energy and Randolph Electric Membership Cooperative have said they expect to have power restored to more county residents by the end of the week. That, again, is North State Journal. Um, WRAL out of Raleigh reporting that the outage impacted nearly every Duke Energy customer in Moore County, roughly 45,000 people. Look, I said this yesterday, too. Um, Duke Energy probably should start going through their employee uh, employee files and find out have they have they fired anybody recently you know in that area somebody who might know something about like how these substations work and where to target them that sort of thing that might be an avenue to pursue this included people who depend on uh, the 45,000 people out of power 
Uh, there are people there that depend on electricity for medical purposes, whether at home or in nursing facilities, right? This is why the whole, uh, and I'm going to get into this again, this uh, this online narrative crafting uh, that the uh, LGBTQ2 plus IA, I don't know, what, but that the... Right, that that they're advancing online. That this is some. This was done in order to stop the drag show from from occurring. You took out power to forty five thousand people indiscriminately, knocking power out for everybody. Everybody, forty five thousand people, right? And what's the response from media and the LGBT crowd? It is what. It's about us. <laughs> they targeted me. My one thing, my event, they were coming after me. But you are aware there are 45,000 other people that this is affecting that, are, that weren't just going to watch somebody dance provocatively in gender-bending costumes, right? There are people in, in nursing homes and in hospitals, although they all switched over to generators. But there are people that, like, quite literally are facing death because they lost power. A reminder, until January 6th at Truist Field, Uptown Charlotte, a really fantastic event, Light the Nights Festival. They got the snow tubing. 150-foot snow tubing hill. I mean, it's not 150 feet high. I think it's, like, that's length, 150 feet long. Um, They got uh, the the skating rink, right? Christmas tree lane. Uh, They got all of the, uh, the shopping. Uh, so you can uh, check out the holiday market. Try the <clears throat> excuse me. Try the European menu at the Charlotte Christmas Village. They they're, they're going to do hockey tournaments, figure skating, tons of stuff. Go check it out. Light the Nights Festival now through January sixth. Um, tickets are ten bucks for the festival. Twenty five to include unlimited ice skating and snow tubing. And uh, you can pay 35 for a pass, and that'll give you unlimited ice skating and snow tubing. I mean, if you go every day, that's that's like uh, that's like two bucks per visit. It's a fantastic deal. All right, so uh, WRAL TV out of Raleigh reporting on the attack on the two energy substations in Moore County over the weekend impacted 45,000 people. When asked about security measures at the two power substations, Jeff Brooks, a spokesperson for Duke Energy, said, we don't talk about Fight Club. I mean, sorry, for security reasons, he says, we don't speak specifically about measures we have at our facilities, which, I mean, that kind of makes sense. What I can say is that Duke Energy incorporates multiple layers of security across its system to monitor and protect critical infrastructure. Officials have yet to answer whether or not the substations were guarded by security cameras. Given that both Moore County substations, which are about five miles apart, were targeted in a gunfire attack, many customers want to know how authorities will ensure that it can't happen in the future. I think that's a fair question. I do. I think that's a fair question. We've had one. There was an attack last month in Mayfield, North Carolina. Now you've got these two. And think about that. They went and shot up one. Oh gosh! They went out and shot up one substation, and uh, and then they drove five miles down the road and shot up another one. <clears throat> Which means what? Premeditation, right? They knew obviously premeditation for 
the second one. Because if it was just the one, you could say, well, maybe it was some, you know, crazy kids, oh, those teenagers just engaging in vandalism, some, you know, random act. But when you go into, you go to the second location and you do the same thing, that means either what? It was random act, crazy, uh, crazy kids kind of thing, and they would just happen to drive past another substation and do it again? Or... It was somebody that was, you know, plotting it out, knew where the substations were because they had done the recon beforehand. That's a premeditated attack. I don't know. They don't know. Just these are the, just the different ideas that, you know, should be kicked around before you get to motive. So, well, they used to call this like, right, they would say you're developing sort of the, the facts of the case and, and, and what transpired. And, you know, then you can figure out like, a profile of who might have an interest in doing something like this. Um, to, to, considering there are hundreds of electric substations across the state, each one is a potential target. In this case, one substation was shot up and within an hour, another. I got to tell you, I drive past a couple of these things on my way in and out of work, and I'm looking at them differently now. Are you? <laughs> like, I'm starting... I'm no, I'm not casing them. I'm just saying I drive by them and I, because I have no idea, like I'm looking at it and it's just, you know, chain link fence, barbed wire. And I started, I saw one, it was like a, it was like an old school one, you know? And I'm looking at that one and it's like they don't even have anything around the perimeter, I don't think. And it's just kind of, it's, it, 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 it's got me jittery. It's got me jittery. Well, I would like to, so this is a uh, guy that they are quoting here, John Wellinghoff, Wellinghoff, I think. He's a CEO of Grid Policy, and he's a former head of the Federal Energy Regulate, uh, Regulator Commission. I think that should be regulatory. I think that is a misprint. Well, they misspelled his name, too, I believe, because there's no I there, and I think that there probably should be an I, in, because otherwise it's just... W-E-L-L-N-G. Wellinghoff. Two L's and... What's up, Hancock? That's totally outside of the topic here. Sorry. Uh, I just saw him in the hallway. John Wellinghoff, CEO of Grid Policy and former head of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Um, He says, it doesn't take much sophistication to take out a transformer. Um, He says, I would have liked to have thought that this is less vulnerable than it apparently is. A deer rifle, though, is sufficient. Spokesman Jeff Brooks says Duke Energy continues to invest in cyber and physical security along its grid. However, Wellinghoff, oh, that's spelled correctly there. There you go. Wellinghoff says, unlike those in Moore County, substations should be blocked from view with walls, sandbags, or even an opaque fence wrapping. Well, that makes sense. You just put up some sort of like the construction fence netting or whatever. You just put something across the chain link fences, and now you can't see where stuff is inside the fence. That would be a cheap Way to go. Look at me. I'm all about solutions. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. I'm going to take a quick detour here because you may have heard in the last segment. I, I don't just randomly call out former WBT host's name in the middle of the show. Uh, it's usually for a purpose or a reason, and 
Uh, sure enough, it was for a reason, and now that's turned into a purpose. John Hancock, is uh, he was walking through the studio. So you went and saw your friends on TV, and you're just going to walk right by the studio here. TV? <laughs> I've hit the big time. That's right. Never look back. Just like all those radio... I had radio a sport back. coat on and everything. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can't stay long because i got to return it. Right. <laughs> to the restaurant, right. Uh, do they even do that anymore, restaurants? Where you got to wear a blazer, and they would always keep a couple of blazers that were like god awful. They would keep them in the front for people who showed up. Do you have you ever been to a restaurant like that? Well, no, but the world has become so casual. The first yeah. time a couple of years ago, Susan and I went to our first Broadway play, and uh, we had never done that before. And uh, we got dressed to the nines because we figured that you kind of had to. Was it a matinee? Uh, and we were so overdressed, it was not even funny. <laughs> well, it kind of so, is funny. <laughs> so at this point, I don't know what you get dressed up for. Uh, uh, funerals, I guess. Yeah, your own funeral. Yeah, Definitely. but I mean, uh, if, if you're coming to mine, don't even think about getting dressed up. Right. Well, I mean, it, we're radio people, so. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> T-shirts is all we own anyway, so. So... Uh, so John was walking by, went down uh, the hall to talk to the TV people, I'm not bitter, uh, about the bike drive, uh, which uh, is now, this is, is this the 30th or is no, this No, this is the 29th. 29th, okay. Um, and so uh, we, we, we got it uh, back going last year, right, because there was a, was there a hiatus because of the COVID? Well, there was, well, there kind of was, there was a hiatus for me. Uh, we lost Sharon Sanders of uh, Kids First. She passed away because of cancer. And that was about the same time that uh, I had my amputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Carolina Panthers and WBT picked it up the ball and, and ran with it. Uh, and then I made it back last year. So, um, so actually, we've kind of, I think we've skated through uh, consistent. Okay. I've missed one, right? Which is uh, which is really odd. And we're kind of reconfigured now that you know, kids first is. Still being run by her family, but not to the, not to the what we had built. We had we had built kids first, and that whole situation way bigger than we could handle. Mm. Uh, we were taking care of three thousand kids a year. That was way more than we were capable of doing. So um, we're, we're we're back to manageable numbers again, but that's still a thousand kids. I yeah. still would like to get a thousand bikes on. Uh, on uh, Friday night, and we're doing it here at the BT Studios. We've never done that before. We partnered up with WBTV. They have been unbelievable in, in helping us uh, publicize and, and so on and so forth. So it'll be Friday from 5 to 9 uh, here at our studios, and uh, if you want, park your car and walk over to Legion Brewing and grab something to eat. We'll have food trucks here and an atmosphere and, and yeah, the weather's supposed to be kind of sucky, rainy, oh. and this, that, and the other. But uh, it's not freezing rain, and we've done it in that before too. So it's uh, it's fine. It'll be a good time, and uh, and we'll see how many we get. If you know, I I know we already have a hundred. So uh, nice. I already got a hundred kids that are going to have a Christmas uh, um, that wouldn't have had without us. So we're already a success. Yeah, and look, and people think that they have to because they hear the stories about. The guys that show up with truckloads of uh, bicycles, and uh, but and and those are great 
stories and those are great people that do all of that but those are organized efforts you don't have to you don't have to do that you can literally oh, literally the guy who get uh, one bike with the bike in the trunk of his car right i mean that's that that really is 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 our bread and butter and, right. and what we run on and uh uh numbers have nothing to do with it uh um just it's the thought that counts and you believe me i'm i'm telling you i'm really not trying to hype this thing but you wake up on Christmas morning and start thinking about that bike and wondering where it is. If you want to find the Christmas spirit, do things for other people, especially people you don't know. Mm-hmm. And and that bike, I guarantee that bike is someplace with some kid who wouldn't have gotten anything otherwise. And if that doesn't make you feel good... Um, I don't. I don't know what would. Well, well, maybe some uh, some ghosts visiting you overnight, present, past, and future. I don't know if maybe. that would make you feel good. <laughs> well, later in or next not. year. Next year, you would. Yeah. Um, so, are there, is there any particular need? Uh, I mean, any bike will do, obviously, but it has to be. We want them to be 20 new. Twenty inches are, are our most in demand. Okay, but uh, male and female, big bikes. You know, I mean, uh, people tend to forget the big bikes. Uh, they're more expensive, so I understand that. Instead of being uh, eighty bucks at Walmart or Target or something like that, they're one hundred and twenty-nine or one hundred and nineteen, and small bikes. Uh, and I don't know if you've noticed, but. Little tricycles and stuff like that these days are so cute. I can't hardly stand it. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, of all sizes, yeah, uh, we need to. The other thing is WBTV is still uh, with uh, Toys for Tots. So feel free. If, if a bike is okay. not uh, something you can do, uh, grab a toy uh, and run it by, and we'll get it to uh, Toys for Tots. Or... Uh, give us a $5 donation or whatever we can, written out to Kids First of the Carolinas. We'll have people here on Friday night to uh, fill out the paperwork and give it to you so you can make that tax deductible. And because uh, uh, they, they've, they've already got 1,000 requests for help. So uh, financially, the, they'll need the help there. So toys, money, bikes, or just come by and be part of the atmosphere. Yeah, like it, just helping people get the stuff off of their uh, or out of the trunk of the car. Yeah. Like, like sometimes it's just it's just that. And that actually and I've been doing uh, over the years, I've done a lot. I mean, the bike drive, obviously, but up in the mountains, we were always doing uh, toy drives and school supply drives and stuff. And that's always to me the that's always the most fun part is when you go up to people's car and they open up the door and you it's like you're opening a present. It's like you open this thing up. It's like, look at all of this stuff. And they're always so happy to give it. And, and usually like, oh, here's a gift card. Take this gift card. Like, I don't want the gift card. I'm just, you know, dropping off supplies. And I always enjoy just lugging the stuff out of the car to the, you know, to the drop off. I got off the broadcast years ago. Now I'm retired and don't have a job. So I'm not on your broadcast anyway. Um, We're on your, but I you're on my broadcast the, right now, John. I know that's right. <laughs> um, I hang around way too much for a guy who's a retired, who's supposed to be gone. Right. I'm leaving, but I'm not ever going. Uh, how could, What was the old deal about how can we miss you if you never you leave? leave? Um, but my whole deal was, even when I worked here, was being freed up so I could walk down the line, 
stick my head in the window, steal some of the heat out of your car, <laughs> but uh, meet your kids and your dog and uh, and and you and and thank you for coming. And I love doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean that just makes my day. Do you want to take a call? We'll take a call real quick. Sure. All right, Steve. Welcome to the program. Hello, Steve. Hey, how you doing today? And hello, John. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, and I want to tell WBT's listening audience that for over 25 years, I've been one of those guys that had one or two bikes in the trunk of his car. And then I, I got a couple of other people that I know to come along. So we ended up with maybe four or five bikes or maybe six or seven, but it was never anything organized and never anything big. But what it was, this starts Christmas. And there's all kind of wonderful, giving people who show up out there laughing at John and hanging around. And if you can do it and you want to have a good Christmas spirit, start with Hancock's bike on Friday night. Come out. You'll meet some nice people and you'll do a lot of good for kids. And he's been doing this, folks, for whatever it is. He says 28 out of 29 years. For that length of time, kids are better for John Hancock. Come out and support this. is one of the best grassroots things you can do this year. Yeah, how it actually became the John Hancock drive, I think that's because we just don't really have anything else to call it. Because this is is really a Charlotte drive, and, and I hesitate to say that. Because there's so many people from so many surrounding communities that come in and uh, and help out our effort. Mm. But uh, uh, Steve, I appreciate you and your and your one or two uh, uh, bikes in the car because that's uh, that's our bread and butter. That's what uh, that, that's what makes our day. Well, you said you said a long time ago that Christmas starts that day, and Beth and I believe it, and I think that our friends believe it, and we're just grateful you're here in the community giving us a chance to celebrate. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you, Steve, very much. Thanks for all the support. And, uh, John, thank you. I'll see you on Friday. I'll be out there at 6. All right. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it very much. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hancock has left the building. Well, he's about to leave the building. You have to leave the building, John. Thanks again to John Hancock for dropping by. I mean, I know I was like an afterthought after he appeared on television. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's a great event. And if you have time, if you can uh, can scare up a bike, bring it on by and we'll uh, get it to kids in the community for Christmas. Um, and I appreciate him making time to, to chat with us. All right. Uh, we were talking about this attack on the, the power, the Duke Power substations in Moore County the other day. And this was not actually the first attack on North Carolina-based energy facilities. There was another one back in November. And as the North State Journal reported, they are both fairly close, and by fairly close, I mean 30 miles, from military installations. I don't know what that means, but I do find that to be interesting. I find it to be of note. It may have nothing at all to do with anything, it may have everything to do with everything. I don't know. But it's an interesting detail that I thought uh, you'd, uh, you'd be interested in as well. Now, there is also <clears throat> this uh, 
this other theory that the only way to stop a drag show performance that was occurring in Moore County at about the same time that this was done in order to to prevent the drag show from from occurring. And I pointed this out earlier. There are 45,000, roughly 45,000 people without power and have been without power now for, what, four days. It's been pretty cold, freezing temperatures overnight. you got shelters that have opened up. You have people that are on, uh, you know, life-saving equipment at their homes or in nursing facilities and such. And they've all been uh, they've all been put in danger. There's a car accident that injured uh, multiple people. It was like a four uh, four car accident, I believe, because the lights went out. And I just find it. I also find it noteworthy, but I also find it a little bit illustrative, sort of on brand for a lot of people that think the world revolves around them, you know. A lot of people in our society today think the world revolves around them. There were 45,000 people that had power knocked out, and you have people online that immediately connected dots and said, it's about me. This was, I'm the target. While police have not identified suspects, nor provided a motive for the targeted attacks, on two energy substations in North Carolina over the weekend, one theory has quickly taken hold on social media. Remember last week we talked about the pseudo event? Okay. That the outages were intended to shut down a drag performance. The theory, which sprouted up almost immediately after the power went out in Moore County around 8.15 p.m. on Saturday, came after weeks of threats and hours of protests from far-right activists against the downtown divas drag show set to take place at Sunrise Theater that night. And it was seemingly buoyed by a cryptic post from a vehement opponent of drag performances. Here's another theory. It was a hoax. A fake hate crime. Right? How many hate crimes and these types of events, how many of these things turn out to be fake? A la Juicy Smollett. Right? So isn't that a workable theory, too? Why can't, why can't I offer up a just-as-valid theory? Well, yes, the Dick Cheney theory is obviously valid. But the, why not offer up the idea that, you know what, These, the, the, the attack was done in order to claim victim status? Because that happens. People do that sort of thing. But I don't know that to be the case. But I'm also not running around on social media saying that I'm pretty sure this is what happened. I'm connecting the dots. I'd be really suspicious if it was anything other than this.